Good afternoon and welcome to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. My name is Kyle Bruce and I'm going to be your moderator for today's show. And today we're really talking about uh, two interesting concepts that are really closely related. We're going to be talking about spending more time on the 20 and building on your strengths. Uh, and in this first section, um, in really chapter 71 of Larry and Kim's book, Managing to Make a Difference, we're focusing spending more time on the 20. And you guys talk about a concept called the Pareto principle or probably more well-known as the 80-20 rule. And I'm just really interested in why this is important in managing people and why did you include it in the book, Managing to Make a Difference. So Larry, Kim, tell us a little more about why you included that. Well, let me just start by saying that any of our listeners can Google the 80-20 rule or you can call it the 20-80 rule. I'm sure Google will pull it up or the Pareto principle. And Pareto is spelled P-A-R-E. T-O, the Pareto principle. If you Google any of those things, this will come up. It's a well-established principle that uh, a ratio that seems to apply in a lot of different contexts. So, for instance, in most businesses, about 80% of the business's revenue is going to come from about 20% of its customers. Uh, And in terms of Any of our productivity, about 80% of what we accomplish is the result of about 20% of what we choose to put our efforts into. Uh, So the 80-20 rule uh, is, is conceptual in this case. And what it means is think about the things that really make the biggest difference in moving you toward the accomplishment of your goals. Let me give you a, an example that applies to a lot of people. Uh, you want to get, you want to improve your health and your fitness. And so part of your approach to doing that is you want to work out. And people spend a lot of time thinking about their workout routines and what exercises they're going to do and what kind of stretching they're going to do. And let me tell you what the 20 that gets you the 80 is when it comes to making progress in your workout routine. It's showing up for your workout. Uh, doing it regularly and consistently according to your schedule. You can adjust all the minor aspects you want, but I assure you, if you show up for your workout when, according to the schedule you've laid out for yourself, that's the 20 that gets you the 80 in making progress, and all the other stuff pales by comparison. That's just an example. Kim, what's coming up for you about this uh, fundamental concept? I, I like thinking about it as applied to people, and and you know, when, in my history, I've I've worked in a church, and the eighty twenty rule works there too. You know, twenty percent of the people are doing eighty percent of the work. So where do you invest your effort? You know, do you invest your effort in the eighty percent of the people who are really not involved, or do you invest your effort in the twenty? And that's really the question we're going to talk about. Yeah, great. So when it comes to managing people, uh, what does this mean, Kim? It means that you focus on what's right. And we've spent a lot of time talking about this in other episodes. Where, you know, we emphasize the importance of talking to people about what's working for you, what's going well, tell me about a success that you've had. And a lot of times if you ask that question, you're going to start to get down into What's the 20%? There's also the question of who you spend your time with. And in so many cases, 
managers tend to spend time with their poorest performers, trying to improve their performance. Whereas the best coaches and the best leaders, and we have studied tens of thousands of leaders, and the best ones invest most of their time with the top performers that might be that top 20% of the perform on the performance uh, curve there. Uh, they invest most of their time with their top performers because counterintuitively, it's your best people who have the most potential for uh, significant improvement, not your worst performers. So the 20 that gets you the 80 is spending more time with your best people and less time with your poor performers. Uh, and there's well, we an always exercise. get pushback on that, too, because people hear that and they're like, what do you mean? I shouldn't spend time with my poor performers. Aren't they the people who really need it? Yes, you should spend time with your poor performers, but you shouldn't spend most of your time with your poor performers because where you spend most of your time should be where you're going to get the biggest return for that investment, and that's in your strongest performers, not in your weakest ones. So a very practical application of what we're talking about is write down the names of the people who report to you and do a forced ranking, even if it's difficult. And don't spend a lot of time on the forced ranking because you will get the value out of this exercise without uh, getting to a high degree of precision. Write the name, force rank the people who report to you from best performer to worst performer and do that on a piece of paper and say, make, make, a, make a column on the left and just write those names down in order, best performer to worst performer. And you take a couple of minutes and do that and then take those same names in the, in a, create a right-hand column, take those same names and write them in, in the order of how much time you spend with each person. So if you spend the most time with uh, David Smith, you'd write David Smith at the top of that column. And if you spend the least amount of the time with uh, Shirley Jones, then you would uh, write Shirley Jones as the last person. And uh, so you've got the same list of names, but they're in different orders. And then you just can look and see who are you spending the most time with. Are you spending the most time with your poor performers? Or are you spending the most time with your top performers? And if you draw a line from from uh, David Smith in the left-hand column to David Smith in the right-hand column, and you do that for all of the other names, you draw a line from name A to name A, uh, you'll see if your lines tend to be uh, parallel straight across, then you are in fact applying the 2080 rule uh, correctly in a way that will give you the most return on improved performance, most return for your efforts. If, you, if your stuff looks like X's, we encourage you to rethink who you're spending time with. But I want to emphasize something Kim Turnage said earlier. We're not suggesting that you ignore your poor performers. We're simply suggesting that when you make decisions about who you're spending most of your time with, you spend most of your time with your best performers. And by the way, one of the things that's going to do for you is it's going to increase their engagement and make it less likely that uh, opportunities for them to go to some other organization, uh, be it whether it's being recruited away or whatever, uh, that's going to make it less likely that they will be receptive to those kinds of opportunities. I actually did this exercise. I was, I was um, Larry and Kim, I was working with a Mercedes-Benz dealership in, 
in uh, New York, and I was working with a sales manager, the head of head of sales for the whole dealership. It was a very uh, very successful dealership, and he he was a newer manager, and you know he says, yeah, I'm just I'm having some turnover issues. I'm just got, you know, I'm I, I just can't get my uh, a couple of my guys to really get up to the the minimums I'm trying to do. I'm I'm just kind of struggling with it a little bit. I was like, well. Where are you spending all of your time? And I did this exercise with him, you know, and just like you explained, Larry, and and he had the cobweb scenario where he was spending um, a good portion of his time, um, the actually most of his time with his poorest performers. And I said, you know, hey, what if you flip this? What if you spend a much stronger portion of your time with your top performers and you either help these individuals who are just not getting it, not performing very well, either you know give them some goals and, and support them with some training and those sorts of things that you needed to do, but stop spending as much time with them and and help them out. And then your your middle guys, again, you know, as you're rewarding and focusing more of your time, see where they're see who has the um, you know potential and the talent to move forward to, to improve their performance or not. And he did that over 60 days. And, and I checked in with him a couple of different times to see how things were going. And it and he was he was also struggling a little bit. He was not in a good place when I kind of started this process with him. And the about 60 days later when I talked to him, the last conversation, uh, he was he was just chipper and upbeat and almost giddy. And, and he's not a giddy kind of guy. And and um, I said, what's going on uh, with with uh, with your people and your team? What's you you seem to be in such a great mood? He says, we had our best month ever. And I said, why? How did you do it? He says, I stopped spending all of my time with my poorest two people who I was spending all my time with, and and we were miserable, and everybody uh, was was hating it, and so. Uh, he said, I, I switched where I was spending my time around and I'm having fun and my team is having fun. And so it's, it's one of those things where it can change, uh, not change your life necessarily, but certainly can have a change your outlook because you're focusing on uh, success and focusing more on the people who are doing really well and helping them do even better. Uh, and a lot of people think, well, gee, the biggest room for improvement, uh, the biggest growth is to, to help the, the poor performers be more like your best performers. Um, we know that's not necessarily true, but speak a little bit more of that, Kim and Larry. Well, it, it, go ahead, Kim. What comes to mind for me is listening to that story. What came to mind for me immediately is you can spend an awful lot of try- time trying to push a rope uphill, and you're not going to get very far. And, you know, that's what you have to recognize when that's what you're doing. When what you're doing is you're, you're spending a whole lot of time trying to help someone be successful, and it's not working. And you have to recognize you have to stop investing that time there. I also want to point out that when you are coaching people, uh, there's a lot of information these days that's being collected for, for you know, metrics that are being tracked that uh, really we didn't have the, the uh, capacity to keep track of all these metrics in, in the past. And you see this in sports, you know, we... We, uh, I was watching the World Series and the statistics they have on on these players is just unbelievable. And and so for I, I, you can use those metrics to figure out what is the twenty that gets you the eighty. What what is most likely to bring about improvements in somebody's. Uh, performance, where you look at those metrics, and sometimes you can just put your finger on one metric. And if you're a coach, 
you can say, here's something you would do differently to improve that metric. And you, it could have a major impact on someone's outcome. And I know there are a lot of listeners in here who manage salespeople in some way, shape, or form. And I want to, uh, I want to share with you uh, one aspect of the 2080 rule that applies to sales, and that's this. The more sales calls you make, the more sales you will close. No matter what your level of talent is, no matter what your level of experience or training, the more calls you make, the more sales you will close. All right, well, we're going to take a break here. We'll think about that for a few moments because uh, I want to come back and talk about data, actually. But uh, So join us after the break to learn more about investing in your own growth uh, as a manager and focusing more on the 20. Uh, hey, it's the holidays, and if you believe in the old adage that it is better to give than to receive, well, why not click on the email host button and give us a little bit of your feedback uh, about what you like about the show or maybe what you don't like. I know Larry's hair is a little embarrassing, but we're working on it. Um, your questions do help make the show a little bit better, so we'd love uh, to get some uh, some feedback. Uh, and so think about some feedback. Maybe push that button right now, but we'll be right back in a few minutes with more from Kim and Larry. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been focusing on the law of the vital few, or otherwise known as the Pareto Principle, or even more commonly known as the 80-20 rule. Um, And really what we've been focusing on with Larry and with Kim is is how we apply this to to managing people and knowing you get uh, a much greater result uh, when you focus on your top performers and where you're spending your time uh, shouldn't be focused on your poor performers, but more, much more of your time should be focused on your best performers um, and, and really thinking about that. And we, we did provide um, a bit of an exercise called the Human Investment Planning Exercise, and this is actually available on managingtomakeadifference.com, our microsite, if you wanted to go grab it. Um, and Kim even explained it as, uh, you know, it's like pushing a rope uphill. So grab that visual for yourself when you focus on uh, trying to get your bottom people to perform more like your top performers. So let's, when we left, we were talking about data and measures and metrics and knowing that we have an awful lot better data today than even 10 years ago. Um, you know, think of the money ball for, for your business, whatever that might be. And now we look at um, the measures and metrics of our day-to-day work life. And, um, and so tell us a little more about data. You know, I, I think about data all the time. And, you know, if, if a manager needed to start somewhere, you mentioned salespeople a few moments ago, Larry. Um, but, you know, if if a manager's listening and says, well, I really want to capture more data, but I don't know where to get started, what would you recommend? Well, I mean, it depends on the situation, but I just want to give a story that's illustrative of what you can do in terms of the 2080, what you can do if you collect and, and analyze the right data. Uh, previously in my career, I was associated with a hotel in, in San Antonio, Texas, and we were, we were experiencing a high rate of accidents, uh, slips and falls and other kinds of accidents in the hotel. And we did what is normally done in those kind of circumstances. We had a safety committee. And we said to the safety committee, come on, you've got to figure this out. Let's put on a campaign. Let's do training. You know, people are maybe they're not lifting properly, uh, maybe, you know, whatever. Let's do training to reduce the frequency of accidents. And so they did that. Wait, and so you so you gave a, a solution before you really knew what was causing it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, so we but we were just doing normally what's done. Sure. Right. In, in those kinds of businesses to reduce accidents. And it, it wasn't working. Uh, and the uh, CFO one day was looking at the data that we collected about these accidents, and he had an insight. Most of the accidents were occurring between 2.30 p.m. and 3.30 p.m. 
And it so happens that this is shift change time in many luxury hotels. It just so happens that's the way the shifts work because you run 24 hours a day. But the two big shifts are the morning shift and the afternoon shift that goes into the evening. And so the morning people were getting done with their shift during that sometime in that hour. And the the evening people were just coming on their shift. And the, so what we and what we noticed was that uh, 80 percent of the accidents were uh, occurring during this period of time. And our conclusion was that people weren't particularly engaged. You know, you're going off your shift, you've checked out mentally, and you're thinking about what you're going to do later. And you haven't, and you're you're just coming on your shift. You haven't quite you haven't quite fully engaged yet. And so people weren't paying attention. Uh, that, but it, the point uh, the point is, I'm getting off the point. The point is, it doesn't really matter why. It just mattered that we realized that, oh, my God, if we focus on reducing accidents during that one hour, we are actually going to make a huge reduction in accidents. And we don't need these hotel wide programs and whatever. We just need to do something here to make sure people are paying more attention and reduce the number of accidents that happen there. And we did that and we saw a dramatic decrease. That's just an example of how you can use data, but it takes somebody who looks at that data and goes, aha, you know, he wasn't looking at are most of the accidents slips and falls, are most of them lifting errors, are cooks slicing their digits off and, and – <laughs> In the kitchen, I mean, what, what he could, we could have looked at that, and we did look at those things, but he decided to look at this one thing is when did they occur. So sometimes, as you're looking at data, there might be a piece of data available, but you're not looking at it. Or you might say, oh, my goodness, I wonder what would happen if we looked at X, you know, it's another example out of sports is this is this this is well known and I do not play basketball, but I used to keep statistics for my you miss 100 percent of shots you don't take. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> no, no, you score more points if you follow the ball to the basket after you after you shoot and you can count the number of times people do that and the percentage of times they do that. And you can increase that, which will increase the number of points that you score. So that's just an example that's well known. But the point is you collect so much data. So if you're coaching somebody and you're in a selling position, if you have enough data, you can maybe put your finger right on it the way that CFO did on it's this time of day. And you can't always do that. But sometimes you can put your finger right on something and say, if we can just improve in that area, that'll make a huge difference in in the outcomes we're achieving. Kim, have you seen this? I know you have a long history of coaching people. Well, I do. Uh, I also have a, a fair amount of history with data. And as much as oh, we like true. big yes. data right now, and we're talking a lot about big data, the reality is that bigger data isn't necessarily better data. And I think that just as we're talking about the 80-20 rule on performance and as we think about people, there's an 80-20 rule on data. You can collect a ton of data, but there's probably a very small portion of it that really matters the most. 
and that if you act on what you learn from that small portion, you can get big gains out of it. And so even when we're thinking about data, Kyle, I love your question, we can think about the 80-20 rule. How do we find that small portion of stuff we could measure that if we measure it, we'll get what we want? Because, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about is oftentimes what you measure is what gets done. The question is, are you measuring the right thing? And are you measuring those things that are going to push the results that you want to achieve? So, you know, I, I think about that in terms of, an, you know, there's this concept uh, I picked up, I don't know where it was, called the tyranny of the urgent. You know, whatever's urgent becomes the most important thing. Um, you know, maybe it's whatever your CEO wants done that day, even though it may not be the thing that's going to move the needle the most in your organization or for your day. Uh, but the urgent thing becomes the most important thing, even though it might not be. Um, oh, I have a story on that. Uh, please go ahead. This is a story that was told to me by one of my uh, direct bosses. He was the president of a small hotel company. I was the VP of HR, and he, he told me this story. Uh, the uh, CEO, uh, to whom he reported directly, had, had dinner in uh, one of the fine dining restaurants in the, in the company, in one of our hotels, and uh, he had been entertaining a very important guest, and apparently the asparagus was terrible. And so the next day he came into the president's office and he said, look, the asparagus in this restaurant was terrible. I, I want you to look into it and take care of that. And so the president uh, said he would look into it. And the CEO came back a couple hours later. He said, what'd you find out about the asparagus? And, and the president said to him, well, I haven't gotten to it yet. And he said, what do you mean you haven't gotten to it yet? He said, when you came into my office and up to now, I am working on a plan to cut costs that will improve profitability of this company by $20 million a year. Now, if you'd like me to leave off doing that and go to that hotel and talk to the chef about the asparagus, I will do it. But I suggest to you that that's not the best use of my time right at the moment. 80-20 rule. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> well, and, but sometimes asparagus is the most important thing. Um, and I think from, you know, when you're thinking about the vital few, uh, a great manager knows, like your friend, uh, when asparagus is not the most important thing. But, you know, it, it depends on the personality sometimes of the leader in that case as well. Well, whatever your personality is, if you have to choose between putting $20 million on the bottom line and fixing the asparagus, yeah, the asparagus I, I recommend wins. to everyone that you choose the $20 million. <laughs> Unless, of course, the asparagus is worth $20 million, which it probably is not. All right, well, we're going to be going into uh, another break here in just a moment. And when we get back, we're actually going to talk about the next chapter in the book, which is build on your strengths. Um, and and I think about this, and, and, and I'll leave – uh, I'll leave you kind of with a question, and, and our founder of our science actually posed this question uh, all the way back in the 60s. And, and the focus of that question is really when, you, when you're thinking about people, would you rather focus on what is right with people or would you rather focus on what is wrong with people? And that's what managing to make a difference truly is, is all about. Um, so when we get back, we're going to talk more about that, more a little more focus on building on strengths. But um, – 
Do you have somebody on your holiday shopping list that just seems to have everything? I know I've got a few people that are like that. Um, you know, why not, just for the heck of it, give them the gift that keeps on giving this holiday season, and that is managing to make a difference. That's right. Uh, Larry and Kim's book is ready to be delivered to you. Order now, and it'll probably come at your your front door, uh, Amazon style or bed, wherever. By you drone. By drone, right, um, for – uh, for whoever your friend is, you know, it's better than fruitcake. It's better than socks. It's better than any of those, you know, comically awful gifts. Um, it so, makes a great stocking stuffer if you push hard enough. <laughs> that's right. Um, and if you're interested in bulk ordering, managing to make a difference, uh, certainly for your teams or your whole company, uh, you don't want to leave them off your list. And you can bulk order books uh, and get a 20% discount if you order six or more off of uh, 800ceoread.com. Um, and so, so check that out. If you'd like to create a, a really great book to somebody who has everything, uh, but or maybe it's your manager that you think maybe needs a little bit of a nudge on being a better manager. Uh, maybe they deserve managing to make a difference as well. So uh, go ahead. We're going to take a break. Go go on to Amazon right now or barnesandnoble.com or 800ceoread and order your book right now during the break, and we'll talk to you in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily, and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. 
Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. And again, if you weren't uh, attending earlier, my name is Kyle. Uh, and we've really been talking today about the 80-20 rule, or sometimes known as the rule of the vital few, or even in other circles, the Pareto principle. Uh, and really what we've been talking about is thinking about where you get the biggest bang for your buck, uh, focusing on top performers, helping them to be their best, knowing you're going to get your, your most ROI from that particular area. But in our last segment, we also talked about data and collecting data, you know, Everything's about data and big data this and big data that. Well, hey, you know, it's all about big data because there's a reason it, it adds a lot of value, especially when you're trying to figure out where um, your most performance is coming from and, and understanding the the reasons behind that and the whys. Um, so think about measuring the right things, but also being a little bit wary of the tyranny of the urgent, knowing that um, sometimes – uh, what is the most urgent isn't the most important or the m- most uh, powerful when it comes to return on investment. Uh, and we left the, the segment um, transitioning into the next chapter of managing to make a difference, and that's build on your strengths, chapter 72. And for, for Larry and Kim, I know this is kind of a continuation of the, uh, the vital few segment, but tell us a little more about building on strengths um, and obviously, it's a, this is a big, powerful part of our philosophy at Talent Plus, but uh, tell the audience a little more about this chapter. Well, the question addressed here is, what's the 20 that gets you the 80 in helping people grow and develop and achieve the success that they want in their professional life and in their personal life? Do you focus on their areas of non-talent on their areas of weakness and try to turn those around, try to remediate those? Or do you identify what are their strengths? What are their aptitudes? What are their talents? What are their passions? And do you focus your time and effort in helping them improve and grow in those areas? Our research shows, and when I say our research, I'm talking about the company Talent Plus that both Kim and I work for. We have more than uh, 30 years of research as a company, and uh, before that in in the university, uh, many years of research that establishes that people have more potential to grow and improve in their areas of giftedness, in their areas of strength, than in their areas of weakness. It's counterintuitive. Uh, Kim, what comes up for you when you think about this topic? What comes up for me is how this is so opposite of how we ordinarily think of things. Ordinarily, we think, oh, there's a big gap there. There's a lot of room for improvement. And the reality is that even when there's a lot of room for improvement, as I've heard you say many times before, Larry, that doesn't mean there's a lot of potential for improvement. So just because you've got a big gap doesn't mean you should invest in closing it because those investments might not yield you very much fruit and might not close the gap very far, no matter how much you invest. If the reason for the gap is that it's a lack of talent, it's a lack of aptitude, 
in that area for that person. And instead, if you took that very same investment and put it into an area of strength and you built on that, you're going to push their performance farther, faster. Kim, I'm, I'm going to uh, speak on behalf of some listeners and ask some questions that I'm pretty sure uh, many listeners would have. What do you what do you do about those areas of weakness? I mean, what if somebody has an area of weakness in in an area that's really crucial to their success in that job? You can't you can't just focus all the time on their strengths because that weakness, uh, if they don't fix it, they're not going to succeed in the job. What what do you do about those people? Well, I think that's where you start to ask whether or not that person's really in the right job. So we think about fit and we think about, you know, where is this person really gifted and where, no matter how much we invest in this person, are they really not going to get that much better? And if they need to get that much better in order to be successful in this job, we need to find another job for them that's better aligned with what they naturally do well. But what if I don't have that job? I mean, I'm running a company. Uh, I can't just create jobs for for people uh, just because they're not succeeding in their current job. And, and I understand that it's good advice for me to look around and see if there's another role that takes better advantage of that person's strengths. But uh, suppose there isn't. Well, you know, there's always an it depends kind of answer. <laughs> the question is, can that is that person successful in some aspects of this role that they can be the specialist in? And is there someone else who's really the expert in that role that they're weak in? And can you team them up and can you get a lot of value out of that synergy between those two people? If so, great. If not, we've talked about this before. It is not kind to leave someone in a position and in a role in which they cannot succeed. And as a manager, it's part of your job to help identify when that's where a person is. Yes, and and I want to emphasize that uh, as a manager and as a leader, uh, I hope all of our listeners and uh, share with me the desire as a leader to facilitate the success of everybody who reports to them, of everybody on their team, to really uh, own the accountability that you want to help every individual uh, perform at their very best and indeed get better at their performance. But in reality, we have to recognize that there are going to be people uh, who don't get good enough, who don't perform with excellence despite our best efforts and their best efforts, that this is just not the right role for them. And as Kim, as you said, once you come to that conclusion, it may take you a while to get there, and I hope it does. I I hope you put in your efforts. uh, But at some point in time, if you wake up and realize, you know what, the reason they're not improving the way they need to is because they don't have the right talent. They don't have the right aptitude for this. Uh, The day that you believe that that's what's going on, that's the day that you should start talking to them about moving out of that role. And if it can't be in your company, uh, it can't be in your company. And, and uh, I, I have faith that there is some role for that person. There is some role that takes advantage of the strengths that they do bring. And uh, uh, they, they might well find it. And I've had, I've had many people that I have fired come back to me later 
and and tell me what a great job they went out and found and how they love what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And some of them thank me and some of them don't thank me, but they still want me to know that uh, they're they're doing well. And in fact, they're doing better than they were when they worked for me. So this this section of the book, Kim and Larry, is really focusing on investing in yourself. So I was thinking about this, not just in terms of who managers are managing, but what about managers that are listening today and they're saying, gosh, you know, I'm, maybe I don't know what my strengths are or, um, you know, I, I've been trying to fix myself. I've been trying to improve the things that I'm not good at as a manager, as a leader. Um, you know, wh- what would be some advice to somebody saying, I need to work on myself and I don't want to get too self-helpy here, but um, I think it's important for us to to talk about that as, you know, hey, I'm a manager of people. There's a couple of areas I don't think I'm as good at. Um, how can I improve those or how can I focus and, and better understand my strengths so I can focus more on those to, to get more productive? Kim, you start. Yeah, I, one of the things I like to walk through people through is just a, a reflection on what are those things that you enjoy doing so much that when you do them, you like lose track of time and you're so immersed in what you do that you could just do it forever and never get tired. They're and in it's the one zone. of those things that if you could make them go away, you would. <laughs> if you could get somebody else to do that, you would do that. When people start to reflect on that, they're getting into what am I really good at and enjoy versus what's drudgery in my work. And then we can help, help them focus on the former. And uh, I know we're, we're running up uh, toward a break here, but when we come back from the break, I want to tell you a story about a restaurant manager who asked for my help in, in public speaking. He had attended a presentation I gave, and later that day, he came up to me and he said, geez, you're a really good public speaker. I, I'd really like some pointers. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking, which is one of the most common fears among adults, by the way. I, I, I'm not good at it, but... Uh, I'm going to have to train 50 people in this restaurant and I need some pointers from you about how I can get better at making these presentations to 50 people. So uh, I don't have time to tell the story before the break, but when we come back, I want to tell that story because it's it's very illustrative of the point that Kim Turnage was just making. All right. Well, uh, so when I think about you know, before we go into the break here, when I think about this topic and, and really Dr. Hall's quote, you want to focus on uh, what's right with people versus what's wrong with people. You know, the whole idea is that everybody wants to feel significant. And when we're working in those areas of strength, whether we're managing people and focusing on them or ourselves, you know, and everybody wants to feel significant and we feel most significant when we're in those areas when we're working on our strengths, not areas of weakness where we're having failure and not doing things very well and we don't like it and it's not very much fun. That doesn't make any of us feel very significant. So when we think about how do we help people feel significant and that's using their strengths and building on them. So we're going to go into a break. I'll, I'll leave you with that thought. We're going to go into a break here. Um, you're going to talk a little bit more, more about uh, building yourself and you know, investing in your strengths. Um, but we've got, again, I, the holiday spirit is within me apparently this week because, you know, if you're thinking about presents, again, you know, a few presents we want to give away to our listeners. Again, we've got the microsite managed to make a difference.com. And that's a gift from us to you. 
uh, where you've got maybe some exercises, uh, things to download, supplemental material to help you as a manager or a future leader. Um, so go to Manage Make a Difference. You can download some of those documents, and that's one of the gifts we want to give to all of our listeners. So there we go. We got the we got the holiday spirit. So uh, take a few minutes. Go check out Manage to Make a Difference, or go order your books, and we'll be right back. Have a have a great few minutes, and we'll talk to you momentarily. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how join talent plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you leadership toolbox focuses on individual engagement talent and fit team dynamics and growth and creating a strength-based culture this interactive seminar style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now reserve your spot today at talentplus.com when managers make a significant impact their teams are engaged motivated and excited they love what they do when those people work for you you get results results matter and people drive results at talent plus we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission vision and values our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire when people celebrate their talents use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths they help their companies grow produce and innovate want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things visit us today at talentplus.com Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. My name is Kyle Bruce. I'm the moderator for today. And today we've really been devoted to the last section of managing to make a difference. And that's focused on investing in your own growth. And specifically, we've been talking about the the law of the vital few or really the 80-20 rule as most people know it. Um, In our last section, we were really talking about, you know, thinking about uh, your strengths and identifying those areas you know, where, where you've got great strength or aptitude and passions uh, and then focusing on those to help you to grow. Uh, and we did we did answer the question about fixing weaknesses. You know, what about, you know, fixing those areas where you're not as as good at something and, and knowing that, OK, it might be important, but you're not going to get as much return on investment when you focus on weakness versus when you focus on strength. Um, and, and Larry left. He, he wants to tell a story about public speaking uh, and, and focusing on strength. So I'm going to turn over to Larry to tell a story. 
Well, let let me review the beginning of the story. I I was uh, in a hotel in pre-opening. I was cha- training the managers and leaders. And uh, uh, after my session, one of the restaurant managers came up for me and he said, look, you know, I, I'm going to have to train 50 people here pretty soon. I'm not a great public speaker. Give me some pointers. And I said to him, well, are you, what are you good at when it comes to training? And he says, I'm really good one-on-one with employees, but uh, large groups, not for me. Uh, and I said, do you have any assistant restaurant managers? He said, yeah, I have two assistants. I said, are either one of those people good at presenting to large groups? He said, oh, yeah, one of them is really terrific. I said, great. Uh, here's what you do. Never mind pointers on speaking to large groups. This is what you do. You get up there on the first day that you've got everybody assembled and you give only one presentation to the group and you say, hi, my name is Fred and I'm the restaurant manager and I'm going to be spending a lot of time with you one-on-one helping you learn your jobs and learn how we're really going to take care of our customers and blow them away with our great service. The large group training is going to be done by my assistant, Joe. And Joe, why don't you come up here and start the large group training? And then that's all you do in front. He said, that's, he said, that's terrific. I, I, you know, I love to spend time one-on-one. And so what, what we want to do here for all of our listeners is we want to free you up. We want to give you permission to quit struggling to get better in areas where you just don't have a lot of aptitude, you don't have a lot of interest, you know, uh, those kinds of things. If you have been struggling in those areas, what we want you to do is sit down and take stock of where are my strengths? What do I really like to do? What am I good at? And as Kim Turnage said, what, what do I do when I'm doing those things I sometimes even lose track of time. I, I just get in the zone. And and what, what what are those kinds of things? And ask yourself this question, what percentage of time do you spend in that space? What percentage of your time in a given month, say, or a given week do you spend doing things you're really good at and really like to do? And just write that down. Uh, for some people, it's a real wake-up call. And, and then ask yourself, what changes can I make so that I get to spend more time in that space where I'm doing things I'm good at and I really like to do and less time in all of the other space? Because that's part of the 20 that gets you the 80, is spending more and more time doing more and more things that you are good at and like to do. Kim, do you have any thoughts on this? I think we just cannot emphasize this point enough. This may be the most important thing you can do to invest in your own growth. Be very intentional about figuring out where your greatest strengths are. Be very intentional about identifying those things that give you the greatest satisfaction and uh, the greatest sense of reward in your work. And do more of those things. As you become a leader and as your leadership increases, less and less you will rely on other people to invest in your growth. And more and more, you have to invest in your own growth. 
And I think if, if we wanted to have one message for today, it's make the investment in yourself and be really intentional about it and do it from this foundation of strengths and the things that you enjoy. I mean, what would your life be like if you got up every morning thinking about the day ahead of you at work and you were visualizing a day when you got to spend most of your time doing things you were good at and joy? What would your life be like? That's a possibility for you, ladies and gentlemen. And we'd like you to get there by taking our advice. And if you do take our advice and you do move more toward that ideal, uh, please send us an email. Uh, Kyle, how can they send us an email? Uh, well, they could send it straight to you, Larry. Uh, they could send it to Mel uh, Sternberg at talentplus.com. Uh, that'd be one way to do it. They could click the email host button on the podcast to give us some feedback with that. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd, we'd love to encourage you all to make a shift. But even if it's only a handful of you, those who do decide to make this shift, to focus more time in your area of strength and growing in those areas and less time trying to fix things that you really don't have a, a natural talent for and, and over time. And let us know how that goes for you. So do you think it'll be 80% of our listeners? <laughs> I have to say, though, that this is the one thing. that I am not a New Year's resolution person. But if you were going to have a New Year's resolution, this is the one that is going to get you the farthest. And you can do this in your personal life as well. You know, with your significant other, with your friends, with your children, are you spending more time focusing on what's wrong with them? Are you spending more time appreciating what's right about them and celebrating that with them in large and small ways? You know, there's plenty wrong with every person. Uh, there's with me, with with every person. There's plenty wrong. Kim's perfect, Larry. Okay, Kim Turnage is an exception to that rule. Uh, that's the the exception doesn't make the rule. Right. So uh, there's plenty wrong. It's a decision whether you're going to spend more time focusing on what's right about people or whether you're going to spend time focusing on what's wrong about them for each person who's important in your life. So if you can do that for yourself and if you can do that for the people in your life, uh, we will have been uh, eminently successful in making a difference in your life through these podcasts. Well, well looks we like know that this is a little countercultural. We know you're going to have questions, so please reach out and ask them. Well, it looks like we are just about out of time for our show today. Well, this is a fast, a fast hour of time. Um, so, you know, a big thanks to Larry Sternberg and to Kim Turnage, our hosts, uh, our authors of Managing to Make a Difference for all their insights as we think about our strengths and how we can build on them and how we can focus on the 80-20 role. We know we're going to get the most return on our investment. Um, so if you like what you've heard today, uh, you should consider having Larry come and speak at uh, at one of your next conferences or conventions or, or team meetings or team days. Uh, Larry is available uh, if you need an insightful, if you need a humorous 
an engaging speaker for whatever that next management training or conference might be. Uh, Larry is available. His schedule is is filling up, and so it's one of the things we're a little concerned about. We don't want to run out of Larry time, uh, but uh, if you reach out to us right away, you might be able to get on his schedule yet, uh, and this might be a really great New Year's uh, planning or New Year's meeting. Uh, it'd be perfect to have Larry Sternberg come and speak to you. So uh, until next week, our next show, uh, that's all we've got for today. Uh, so until then, uh, focus how you can manage to make a difference in those around you and have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.